0: Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Come on now. We know the threes, but now he just shot. What's the deal with these boy guards? 2021.
1: And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, Locked On Mavs host and NBA coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me jackson gatlin host of locked on rockets we should be mortal enemies today we're coming together and we're hosting this pod together jackson what you got for me
0: we are putting our issues aside for one count it one podcast (laughs) nick to be able to talk about NBA All-Star Weekend, a weekend crammed, you know, usually filled with festivities, crammed into one day, it's going to be exciting. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff happened, Some interesting things. Some not so interesting things. Uh, it'll be great to kind of see your thought process and how you felt about some of the uh, events in this one. Uh, how you know some of the lackluster stuff. Some of the really exciting stuff in the game. It'll be great to break it all down with you, man.
1: I'm calling it All-Star Weeknight cuz that's what <laughs> it kind of, that's what it kind of felt like, right? Cuz normally we get an All-Star weekend and it's a whole thing. It feels like a whole event. It's, you know, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. There's so many different events that happen outside of it and you feel like you're really missing out if you're not there. And then there's just so much going around around it. But this game this was just one night. There's not any of the extra stuff. There's no Rising Stars game. The dunk contest literally happened at halftime. And so, yeah, let's let's get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use that promo code LOCKDOWN20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. We'll talk about Built Bar Bracket Madness coming up a little bit later. So, the All-Star Weeknight started off with a weird, weird occurrence where two players from the same team were taken out of the game before the game even started, before the day even kind of got started with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Their uh their barber was you know had an inconclusive coronavirus test and so they were kind of out and then that test came back positive and so Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid by the time the game started they were already back in Philadelphia which is absolutely wild what did you think about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons being taken out of the game did it take anything away from the game you know what did you think about the whole idea of trying to do the weekend or just one you know one day for All Star and uh, it, it, you know, midst the coronavirus and all this, it was kind of wild to me.
0: I'll tell you, Nick, I'm, I'm right there with you. I couldn't wrap my head around and many of the players felt this way too. Many were vocal about not wanting to participate in an all-star game during, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. And I, I really, you know, thought that the NBA, you know, with the whole Disney bubble situation, all that, they were kind of this league that really took COVID-19 by the horns and handled it as absolutely best as they could. And then they turn around and they're like, well, we got to get some revenue back. So we're going to start letting fans in stadiums and we're going to slowly uptick that. And now we're going to have this all-star game because we just got to have an all-star game, even though it's still the middle of the pandemic, and so I feel like the NBA is just trending downward as how as to how they're handling this. And then you got the you know Embiid Simmons thing, where you know they they have the contact tracing, so they're being pulled from the game. That definitely sucked. You know having to do with their barber situation. As somebody who covers the Rockets, I'm very familiar with players losing time due to barbershop incidents. Uh, the Rockets <laughs> losing four of their players at the start of the season uh, while they were still dealing with not only that, but then the James Harden drama at the top. So that was fun. Um, But ultimately, you know, did it really change the complexion of the game? Was Joel Embiid going to be the reason that Team Durant didn't get waxed by, you know, nearly 30 points by the end of the night? I mean, probably not, man.
1: Yeah, I, I, he would have made a difference, I think, and the fact that Durant was out too kind of compounded it. Durant was out for Absolutely. different reasons, but yeah, Durant being out and then even Devin Booker being out too, like all three of those guys being out made it even a more lopsided game for Team LeBron, who in my opinion was already a was already a better team. Uh, you know, Luka Doncic is maybe the worst player in that starting five. Like, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Can I'm impressed. I'm
0: impressed for of you, of all people, to say that Luca is the worst of that starting five. Like L- given the L- fact that like Jokic is there. Like I feel like you could have taken the low road and been like, yeah, Jokic is the worst of that starting five. So I commend you, Nick, for not, you know, going not striking low on Nikola Jokic there.
1: Let me tell you, on the Locked On Mavericks podcast, I would not have said that.
0: <laughs> so he's showing his <laughs> his true colors. He plays both sides so that he always comes out on top.
1: No, and I mean in this game, LeBron was the worst of them, right? Because LeBron was like, "Let me just play two shifts, right, and then I'll just be out, and that'll be it." That, he was do- totally- he was
0: done by like the midway point in the second. And I remember they cut to him like midway through the third quarter, and he's like munching on something over on the bench, like he's just <laughs> he's having a snack. I'm su- I'm surprised he didn't have like a little like his his uh, his you know go to like LeBron glass of wine like in <laughs> hand, just middle of the game. Like he showed up, did his job, he drafted the right guys, and his team was on cruise control without him they didn't need him and it was great to see
1: yeah so yeah they didn't even need him which was the crazy part but yeah so team LeBron wins and uh the the game this Giannis won the MVP right he went he goes 16 of 16 hits three threes which is wild one of them was that crazy step back where him and Jokic were just like cackling the whole way (laughs) down the court where he just like how did I even hit that 35 points for Giannis he Kind of, kind of felt like he was going after it, but I felt like the story of the game was Curry and Lillard just like going off on these threes and just bombing from deep. That was the most fun part, which kind of, you know, come kind of added to the fact that the three point contest is now more fun than the dunk contest. There's there's rare gems of a dunk contest between like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon that are really good, but in general, like a, a an NBA dunk contest can go from a three to a ten, right, and it's either one or the other. A three-point contest is either like a 5 or a 7, but it's real consistent in there, right? Like there's there's less there's less, you know, range for those as far as excitement or enjoyment. And the All-Star game kind of felt like a three-point contest at some points.
0: No, I'll totally give you that one, man. I mean, just the fact that and the the fact that we had that whole like anything you can do, I can do better type mentality between yes. Curry and Dame on, on the, the same, same team. team. <laughs> yeah, like it would the only in my opinion, the only way that it could have been better, right, is you had, had them on opposing teams to where they could have gone like blow for blow with each other, because then maybe that levels the playing field a little bit better. So again, you tip your cap to LeGM who came up with, you know, drafting this this elite squad, this uh, you know, whatever, suicide squad of guys. I mean, the fact that Curry. Hurry. And Dame combined for 16 of 32, 50% from behind the arc in this game. And look, it's it's the all-star game, so there's not a whole lot of defense being played at all. I will say that the defensive intensity did pick up a little bit in that fourth quarter as we got the uh the Elam ending and both teams kind of pushing for that final, that, that, you know, the final score. Although Team Durant was just so far and away from being having any realistic chance of winning. Um, the defensive intensity was not what we saw in last year's All-Star game, which you know definitely had another emotional. Component to it with the you know passing of Kobe Bryant all, everything involved there um, But yeah, man, they, you know I'll agree with you there that the story was definitely between Steph Curry and Dame and honestly Dame hitting the game-winning shot was like we knew like as soon as it was 167 it was like okay it's got to be a half court three for the win like if it's not a half court three this is going to be the <laughs> ultimate letdown like if it's yeah. some like you know Paul George corner three-pointer that'd be like just boo but we got the dame half court three he pulled up with the utmost confidence and just drained it like the moment it left his hands he knew it was going in
1: oh absolutely Curry knew it was going in you could see it Curry had taken one this the possession before he didn't hit his and then when Lillard threw his up it was like oh yeah this is completely going in. I enjoyed having everything all in one night, and as a as a meeting person, like you can understand that because everything's all together, I don't have to sp- spread all my stuff out across an entire weekend. You can just get it all done in one night. You sit in front of TNT for five hours and watch it all happen. I enjoyed the dunk contest at halftime because it took away a little bit from it took away a little bit from the All Star game, but then the letdown of the dunk contest. Didn't really it, it didn't really sit as heavy, right? It didn't
0: it didn't linger over the course of twenty four hours while you're right. waiting for something else to wash out the taste of it.
1: And it it wasn't one of those things where you wait up and you, like some of these events they take so long and the dunk contest sometimes can take so long and you just wait and wait and finally like ten p.m. Eastern time the dunk contest is you know halfway over or whatever and you're like man I waited all up and, and you know waited all night to watch this and then it was a big letdown where instead okay, after this dunk contest, we'll just go back to watching the All-Star game, and then that will be fun, and and we'll just, you know, have that. It was basically a whole weeknight of malaise instead of just, like, a couple <laughs> different nights of malaise.
0: And you, you hit the nail on the head right there with the whole dunk contest and the fact that, you know, it, it was really nice for people to jump straight back into the game because, let's face it, this year's dunk contest was pretty lackluster, and, and you know, it, it, it does feel like in recent years being treated to the likes of Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, some of the incredible feats that they've pulled out. um, You know, it feels like maybe we've been a little bit spoiled in some of the previous years, but this one was just, I mean, like the way they started with Cassius Stanley and they're like, for somebody who's never attempted a dunk in an NBA game. I'm like, (laughs) what? Like, where did they find this guy? Like, co- like, I mean, that's one that's not, like, if this was, like, an intro, like, how to hype up your audience, this is, like, the antithesis of hyping up your audience. Like, this guy's never dunked in an NBA game. Get ready to watch him in the dunk contest. Like, what is going on?
1: Well, we're going to talk about that guy, talk about the dunk contest, the skills challenge, all that stuff. We'll walk through the whole weeknight coming up. But before we do, betonline.ag. It's the one place to go to get all your sports betting action. Football might be over, but of course, we got the NBA going every single night. So, odds to win the NBA championship. The Lakers, plus 275. The Nets, plus 290. Those are the two highest, the the two um, most likely to win, according to betonline.ag. The Clippers, are plus 550. The Jazz, disrespect again, plus 700. They're not even, you know, the third they're 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 third in their conference most likely to win the title do you want to guess where your Houston Rockets are right now um
0: we'll say minus a million
1: no it's the other way plus uh plus 50 plus plus (laughs) 50,000
0: my bad (laughs) well I I I, the 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 sarcasm apparently didn't quite make it through on that one Nick I apologize (laughs) The, the fact that they're not favorites is just so disrespectful to the post James Harden Rockets
1: if you want to put down a hundred bucks on the Minnesota Timberwolves and they win the title, how much money do you think you'd win?
0: uh a lot 100, of money. Hundred
1: bucks, like just a hundred dollars. <laughs>
0: um, we'll say, are we are we in the seven digits range? <laughs>
1: Not seven, but two hundred thousand dollars you'd win Holy from Bet Online if you put down ten, put down a hundred dollars on there. So all kinds of odds like that. Go check out to see where your team is, and they have games every single night. So BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code LockedOn. You'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, it's free to sign up, but use that promo code LockedOn to get a fifty percent welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the NBA, but what about the rest of sports? Check out the Locked On Today podcast with great Peter Bukowski. I am on there today talking about All-Star Weekend, so you can go check out that. All other kinds of stuff, all sports is covered, even stuff that we don't cover on other shows like NASCAR, golf, all that kind of stuff. In under 20 minutes, subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jackson, let's walk through the weeknight. So the skills contest, the skills challenge, the skills... Whatever the skills, walk whatever through. that
0: whatever that thing is, it's, it's like the appetizer that like you kind of like look at and you're like, eh, I guess I'll eat it if it's on the table. And like that's basically what that is because like you turn on the festivities, you're like, I guess we're starting with skills challenge, just getting that out of the way. I've never been, I've I don't know anybody that has ever been excited for the skills challenge. I don't know if you've ever been excited for it, Nick. I certainly have never been excited for it. Um, but I kind of liked how this one played out.
1: It's kind of like mozzarella sticks, right? Like it's the mozzarella sticks (laughs) because you bring them out. Sometimes they're really, really good. And you're like, oh, dang, that was a decent mozzarella stick. But you're never like super stoked or jazzed about mozzarella sticks, right?
0: Yeah, I'll go with that. All right, so the skills challenge is the mozzarella sticks of the of the NBA <laughs> All Star Weeknight.
1: Yeah, if All Star Weeknight was a meal, it would be the it would be the mozzarella sticks brought out for that you got for free that like accidentally went to somebody else that went to your table instead of somebody else's. There we go. Yep. So so bonus wins, but he's the only one that warmed up at all or even tr- like tried at the beginning. So Luca obviously didn't try. Didn't even take off his warm ups. Uh, Chris Paul what did he get beat in the first round by Vooch or whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, he.
0: No, no, because no, Chris. Pa- so the funniest thing was, right, is Chris Paul and Luca got the first round buys, so like they were the yeah. second round candidates, and they both lost. So it's just like, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, oh, Chris Paul's got this in the bag. Like if he loses, this is just an embarrassment. And then sure enough, Chris Paul loses to Vooch, and it's like, what is going on, man?
1: It uh, it was not an embarrassment. It just didn't matter.
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what? That's that is one hundred percent true. I'll hold give on, you that. Though.
1: Do you know what was an embarrassment though?
0: Um the fact that Robert Covington had anything what? to do with the skills challenge
1: What was Robert Covington doing there? My guy <laughs> my guy went through quarantine. He had to go down to Atlanta like Maybe he lives there. I don't know that that information, but he goes and goes into quarantine and all this just to run up and down the court three times. It's not like he's, is he hanging out with all these guys afterwards? I don't think so because they have to quarantine. What's he going to do after? Just fly to whatever country he's going to go vacation in. Like that was the weirdest thing to me because he had to accept that invitation. Everybody else was kind of already there. And Robert Covington was the one guy that just came out of nowhere. I have no idea what Robert Covington was doing in this.
0: Yeah, just, and that's the, look, I, you know, for, for somebody who watched him pretty, uh, regularly for the right. better half, you know, about half of a season, Robert Covington doesn't belong anywhere near a skills challenge, like, I'm sorry, the dude can't dribble that well, he can't pass that well, he's a good 3 and D guy, but that's about it, so, as soon as I saw the name Robert <laughs> Covington, all I could do was, like, tilt my head and be like, really? Like, and that makes me think, like, and this kind of, you know, I felt felt the same way about the dunk contest, right? With those can, candidates, it's like, or those contestants, it's like, I mean, is this the best the NBA can do? And so I kind of thought maybe they were like reaching out to people like, hey, hey, you want to come to the dunk contest? And the players were just like, not this year, you know, COVID, whatnot. They couldn't quite be coerced to join. So maybe Covington was the best that they had.
1: At least those other guys in the dunk contest had hops. At least you yeah. have like one <laughs> discernible skill where you're like, oh yeah, that's why he's here there's no skill that makes me think, oh yeah, Robert Covington skills challenge
0: perfect. You know what they need to do to add some flavor to the skills challenge? They need to have a guy like standing over, and they need to add like a blocked shot component to the skills challenge. Like have Ooh. somebody be attempting a shot at one end of the court, and like you know, I don't know where you would fit it in in the relay of skills. You got instead you have of the tra- layup,
1: instead of the layup, you got to do like a Kyrie finish, right? Where there's like a couple arms or a couple people there, or you just throw whoever the tallest person you can find. Maybe it's just Taco, or maybe it's just whatever the tallest no person not, e- you not even it.
0: actually taco just like a taco cutout like <laughs> and, pu- and put that under the rim so uh and yeah i mean they gotta find a way to spice it up somehow man
1: it used to be spicy because it would be you know guards and bigs and if a big beat a guard it was pretty cool but now bigs are so skilled that it's just it's all the same right and even like julius randall He's considered a big. He's six nine. Luca is six eight, and he's considered a guard, right? Like they're almost the same height, so it doesn't it doesn't really make a huge difference. Uh, and even Sabonis, like some people draft him because he has size, but he's not that big. Like he's you know he's maybe six two, right? No, what?
0: what time out. Uh, you're uh, man. I mean, <laughs> nah, that's, you that's know. that's so.
1: Barkley said when they drafted him the other night
0: i i'm I missed the actual draft unfortunately I didn't have a vested interest in watching because I was just like, well
1: oh the draft Christian is probably Wood got my, snubbed tri- the draft is probably my favorite part of the whole weekend is the draft when LeBron and KD were going back and forth that's the that's the fun part because you get to see all right where are they thinking who are they picking and seeing who they pick over whom and LeBron picked Luke over Ka- over Kawhi, which was very exciting for myself personally
0: <laughs> i will I will say that well I guess that's that's your two fandoms colliding, huh there Nick. <laughs> I mean I, there, there's definitely you know the the drama in prior years obviously the whole uh Giannis into Kumpo James Harden beef uh from last season with the with the with the draft all of that or I apologize two seasons prior uh you know it, it's it's always it always makes for a fun night I didn't get a chance to catch it this time around but it doesn't surprise me one bit that uh Charles Barkley had himself a little bit of a chuckle hut moment so
1: Charles Barkley by the way could not have bothered to come to All-Star weekend or appear in almost anything like there's no videos of him. He wasn't there at the desk. Good for Charles getting the weekend, getting the weekend off.
0: Apparently.
1: The three-point contest, Steph Curry takes it again. He's the first person ever to win two three-point contests, but not in consecutive years. That's a really weird stat that a whole bunch of people have won it in consecutive years, but no one's won two in non-consecutive years. Like- so he's
0: the Grover Cleveland of the three-point contest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm busting out
0: my history chops on you nick
1: <laughs> oh man mozzarella's not my my analogies are mozzarella sticks and yours is former president's uh,
0: that is the kind of uh, amazing like you know highly anticipated <laughs> analysis that you get from the locked on network when nick and jackson share a pod together <laughs>
1: Larry Bird did it in three seasons, the first three. Uh, Craig Hodges did it in three seasons. Mark Price did it two seasons back-to-back. Jeff Hornacek did it. Uh, Pedro Siakovich did it in two years back-to-back. Jason Capono with two different teams, Miami, Toronto, he did it back-to-back. And now Curry's the first one to ever do it non-consecutive years. It, it was just his to begin with. And it was awesome that he won it on the final shot, which was just awesome to see. Uh, But yeah, Steph Curry, he's just another level. Like He should have to have some extra kind of component now to try and win these.
0: You know, and I I think that as far as the three-point contest, to go back to kind of what you were alluding to earlier as far as the excitement factor of it, right? The three-point contest kind of feels like it can sometimes be a little bit of a dud, but as soon as a player catches fire the way that Steph did, right, where he's going through that, you know, he's on the final round and... He start he gets off to a bit of a shaky start, and people are thinking, oh wow, Mike Conley actually might run away with this one. And then like it was on that middle rack that Steph just caught fire. Yeah. Well, I apologize. It was actually on the the first of the uh the Not- mountain dew yeah, zone balls <laughs> <laughs> where he hit both of them on that on that pass through and he caught fire on that middle rack, and it was just, it became that nail biter kind of finish. And that's what makes the three-point contest so exciting. You're sitting there thinking also I gave like I was like. Mad disrespectful to Mike Conley during the actual like three point (laughs) contest because me and my buddy that I was watching the game with, we were like shouting out like totals, like as players were like stepping up to the line, getting ready to you know take their turn. And both times Mike Conley stepped up, the first round and the second round, I like I hit Conley and I was like, uh, first time around, I think I said like 16, and then the next time around, I was like, I went even lower, I went like 14, and I I really thought (laughs) like he was gonna bomb. And then he was just like, you know what, Jackson, this is for you, I'm gonna show you up right quick.
1: The jazz, they feed on that disrespect, Jackson Gallon. They feed on they
0: can they can tell especially when it's coming from somebody from Houston. That is just a, a rivalry as old as time between the Houston Rockets and Utah Jazz.
1: They're ready for it. They, they, they thrive on all that. So, yeah, Conley goes to the final. He was a last-minute replacement for Booker, which was kind of wild, too, that he was able to do that. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into the actual All-Star Game. We'll talk about the dunk contest, too, which was kind of stuffed in the middle of the All-Star games. So we'll talk about it, what mattered in the game. We'll break it all down coming up. But before we do, Built Bar. We have an entire bracket right now. It's the protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. An entire bracket devoted to voting for... These, uh, the, whichever built Bar is the best tasting bar right now. If you go to builtbar.com, you can also check out the socials. Uh, Apple Almond Crisp is going up against Churro Puff. And then Peanut Butter Brownie against Raspberry. Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. I'm going for Raspberry in that one. That's, that's the one that I've reordered that wasn't sent to me for free. I've actually reordered that one because I liked it so much. Any thoughts on the Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry matchup?
0: You know, I'm actually surprised you picked raspberry too. I thought that was kind of like the underdog pick between the two based on like everything that I've seen like floating on social and whatnot. It feels like peanut butter brownie is going to be kind of the the runaway winner there. But like you, raspberry is one of the ones that I've actually reordered from Built Bar. So I was like, that, that's that got to be my winner there. And I, I'm, kind of a, I'm kind of at like a toss up, like it's kind of coin toss for me between apple almond crisp and churro puff, unfortunately. I don't know which one's going to win that one and I don't even have a preference.
1: It's it, they're not always fire if it says brownie in the name. There's certain ones, like right, the coconut the coconut brownie chunk. That one is Oh, that's incredible. the goat bar.
0: That's the one. It's going that's all the, one, the way, Nick. That's
1: <laughs> the one that's gonna win. But it's not always the best if it says brownie in the name. So that's how Raspberry is going to come up from behind and win this one. Uh, Built Bar, it's Built Bar madness. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LockedOn20, get 20% off your order. Again, that's LockedOn20 to get 20% off your next order at Built Bar. Go pick up some Raspberry. It's kind of the underdog. It's the the mid major that's coming through. That's going to you know go to the final four probably, but lose. And then the the number one seed, like the one coming out of nowhere, is the 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 uh, coconut brownie chunk. So if you want to get that one as well, go to builtbar.com. Again, on 20 is the promo code. See who won today's matchup and see who's going to become the best tasting protein bar at builtbar.com. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, fade for Cade. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the great On NBA Draft podcast. We relaunched it, remixed it, Prospect, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts that have been all over the world covering prospects. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, Jackson, let's get into the actual game and then a little bit about the dunk contest. So uh, the dunk contest... It kind you know it, it it came and went it was it was it was a pretty fun like as a halftime show but it, it as happened a, as a standalone dunk <laughs> contest it wasn't the greatest. I thought it was strange that Cassius Stanley had the best dunk of the first round and got the lowest score like what do we do with these judges? I feel like that's what everyone's going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, and really, you know, and I saw that a couple places on my timeline, you know, kind of scrolling through social um, during the during the competition, and a couple of people were like, "We really need to vet these judges a little bit better." And I don't know what the process would be. I think that you know the NBA enjoys having those you know those former you know dunk contest champions in there, um, you know, to you know as these experts on the dunks. But it really feels like there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason that goes into the scoring. I was really caught up uh, throughout the evening in what Josh uh, in what Rockets legend uh, Josh Smith was actually scoring these dunks because every <laughs> single time his score was different than the other judges like whether it was he was one point below them all or then there was the one time he was one point above everybody else like he was a 10 and then everybody else like gave like eights and nines on one of the dunks and I was just like Josh Smith, what are you doing, man? Like, what, like, what, like, what's going on here? Why do you just have to be different? And like, I kind of envisioned him like looking over at everybody else's scorecards and he's like, okay, I'm just going to write down a different number than everybody else so that I can stand out. But yeah, there, there's got to be something to do about these judges so that we can, you know, get some finer appreciation for the dunks that deserve it. Because I thought Cassius Stanley was robbed on that first dunk. Absolutely.
1: That's what happens when you're still getting paid by the Pistons at this point in his career, probably, right? Oh god! <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think I mean at the, at the rate we're going, uh, who are the Pistons? So first it was Josh Smith, right? Now they're going to be paying Blake Griffin for ages. So like the Pistons just have an affinity for paying these power forwards over time.
1: Yeah, well the Blake Griffin one was a buyout. That's not a stretch. That one's got that one's a little bit different. There won't be it won't be as bad as the the Darren Williams, Josh Smith ones. But yeah, they do they do like to kind of buy out or get rid of some of these power forwards that they instantly regret as soon as they get them. Uh, So dunk contest Yeah came and went Simons won He was called Simmons Three different times I think by the, the Inside the NBA guy So that's And how there was well. also
0: Cassius and Cassius So it's like
1: Yeah I, pick one
0: Just nobody know. That's the other thing the, When the broadcasters Don't even know the names Of the guys competing In the dunk contest um, It's probably not A great sign overall
1: Yeah, but sometimes you can get some guys coming out of nowhere, right? Like, did anybody? nobody was really super high on Zach Levine or Aaron Gordon when they came in. They were like, oh, these guys can jump really high, but they're not, like, all-star. At least they weren't when they started. Zach Levine is now. Aaron Gordon had the chance to be, but probably isn't going to be in his career. Uh, All right, let's talk about the actual all-star game. Did we get anything from this game? Was there anything you looked at and you're like, oh, dang, this guy's playing? Or, you know, there was a time when, like, when they first did the Elam ending, that it really mattered who was out there and Joel Embiid was one of the guys out there and we're all looking like, oh, dang. Joel Embiid is one of the guys they trust down the stretch that they can put him out there. We didn't really have that in this game because Team LeBron just completely destroyed. I think the long-range shooting is kind of the one thing I take from this game and go those two guys if you can have somebody like that a Steph Curry a Damian Lillard like there's more than just one it's not just one anomaly where there's just one guy that can do that now we have like Trey Young and other guys that can shoot from that distance like Luka does it every once in a while uh, but if you can have a guy like that that it really does change the whole dynamic of your team
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we've we that's something that the Rockets had actually started preaching before any other team in the NBA was stationing their three point shooters sometimes two, three, four steps behind the three point line. They started that back in the 2016 2017 season with Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson to provide that extra spacing for everybody else. So then when you have guys who can hit those shots with regularity, it really provides this, you know, crazy amount of spacing. So, you know, taking, you know, what we saw in this game but kind of exp- extrapolating it to what the actual what these guys actually provide to their respective teams, it's crazy to think about the gravity that some of these guys provide, being able to pull a defender multiple steps outside the three-point line really messing with some of the defensive schemes that you'd normally see on a night-to-night basis.
1: Yeah, the beginning of last season, not this one, but the season before. Uh, before COVID and everything, the Mavericks in their training camp, they put an actual like like line, like a blue tape line, all the way out, probably like 30 feet, like a couple feet outside the three-point line, and they wanted guys to pull up from there too to do a very similar thing to kind of simulate that. So I think that's something we're really going to focus on going forward is not just that you can hit the three, but if you can step out even, even more so and stretch the defense like you said. Uh, Giannis was really going for that MVP. He really wanted it and you could you could just tell that there's a couple times he could have passed or tried to do something cool and he just went for the dunk instead he's like i'm just going to get this dunk i'm going to get is, these points is,
0: is Giannis the most selfish player in the nba nick
1: <laughs> is he well we were talking about that on on lockdown maps about luka is that luka kind of he obviously he had eight assists in this game but he kind of deferred to some of the older guys and i wonder if if at what point in a player's nba career do they you know, all of a sudden, start to take control of the ball and of, you know, a game in the All Star game with the best players in the world, right? Like, there's just certain levels of it. You get to a player like Luca, still so early in his career. He's still obviously the youngest guy, and he just kind of defers, right? He, he pushes away. Sometimes you get a maniac like Jordan or Kobe where they come in and they have to take over. But then you have a guy like Giannis who's like right in, like getting right to the prime of his career, and they start trying to take over a game like this. And so that's when I start trying to look, and he's not in the level of LeBron or Chris Paul, where LeBron was like, I'm just going to play a little bit, have some fun, and then go to the bench. Chris Paul's like took a different route, and he's like, well, I'm this may be one of my last times to do this, so I'm going to go out there and contribute and have as much fun. Steph Curry and Damian Lillard right in their primes, and they're trying to take over the, this game as well. And so I think there's stages, and I think you can see it in an all-star game like this where you don't necessarily see it. Because Luca has the ball all the time for the Mavericks, you can't tell if he, you know, where he is in the hierarchy. That's my theory about the All Star game, at least in this one, and at least just for for Team LeBron. I don't know if Team Durant followed that hierarchy as clear as Team LeBron did.
0: I, I didn't get that vibe from Team Durant, you know, as much. It really felt like there was a chunk of Team Durant that just kind of, you know, I'm just here so I won't get fined type vibes <laughs> um, from from Team Durant. Unfortunately, now I will say that. I mean, are you of looking the at a box score? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, don't look at it. Okay, I'm not looking at it. I'm I'm looking away. Who led Team Durant in scoring? I want to say it was Kyrie, <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure. Kyrie, I know had
1: that Ky- Kyrie had 24. Somebody else had 26. Was this it to- Beal then? It was Beal, Bradley right? Beal. This totally threw me off. I was like, Bradley Beal had 26 points and led Team Durant? It's just, they were very, like, kind of casual buckets, it felt like to me. and just uh, Yeah, it wasn't the same as Team LeBron's, at least.
0: I mean, they weren't that far like when you think about it, like the backcourt combo of like Seth, or is not Seth. Wow, sorry. Steph Curry, but uh <laughs> w- whatever. The 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 lesser Curry brother. Um, anyways, uh with with Steph in the backcourt as the starting guard and then uh Dame off the bench combining uh sixteen of thirty-two from behind the arc, Bradley Beal and James Harden actually kinda had a similar deal going on, just not quite as potent for Team Durant. Beal going six of twelve from behind the arc, and then Harden seven of thirteen. This is honestly off like out of just pure like recollection right off the top of my head I think this is James Harden's best all-star game ever like he (laughs) and I think it's because he maybe for the first time wasn't like out partying the night before possibly because he's always shown up to allegedly allegedly
1: allegedly (laughs) uh, allegedly allegedly.
0: possibly allegedly sprinkle all those in there thank you for covering me Nick I appreciate it um (laughs) but like legitimately like he didn't he didn't look sluggish like he came in he hit his first two threes of the game like there was a part of me that thought maybe team Durant would stand a chance if like Kyrie and Harden like took this game super seriously in the absence of Durant because he couldn't actually play like you know we will avenge you for not actually being in the game and then they were just outclassed talent wise unfortunately
1: yeah which is just the way that this one went down Uh, Zion Williamson tried to make the dunks happen but dunks dunks are like (laughs) old they're like old now right like nobody's throwing down crazy windmill dunks or anything like that we saw a couple of alley-oops the alley-oops from the guards were the most fun to me Oh, the yep. three in a
0: row to Dame and then to Curry, Curry, and then to cap it all off with Chris Paul. I mean, I was, how I lost you, it.
1: How accurate do you have to throw a pass to get an alley oop to Chris Paul?
0: Like that. Chris Paul, there's no way. I want that you to know, one. Nick, I've stood on the same court as Chris Paul, like side by side <laughs> with him. He is listed at six feet tall. Chris Paul is not six feet tall. <laughs> I am six feet tall, and I was looking over Chris Paul's head, and he wasn't slouching or anything. So that's like, uh, a, a courtesy that he has given as the former vice president of the NBA Players Association, right, is you know he's like, hey, you know, nudge and shoulder with somebody. Hey, can you guys uh, keep me listed at six feet, even though we know that you guys are trying to be more accurate with the height measurements and everything for all these players? That new like rule that they kicked in like a year ago. Chris Paul is definitely not six feet tall, so to be able to throw a lob that pinpoint accurate to a guy who is probably five ten or five eleven on a good day, and for the fact that he could still climb the ladder and get up there to then dunk it was incredible. I I loved every moment of that.
1: It was wild. So many other things in the All-Star game we could get to, but uh, we will get to them tomorrow. Me and David Ramil are going to be talking about all things NBA and stuff you have to look forward to on the Locked On NBA show. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can also follow Locked On NBA Pods to check out everything we're doing across the network. Go listen to Locked On Mavs if you're interested in Luka Doncic, who is definitely better than some of the players in that starting lineup. I want to just set the record straight at the end here. Uh, Jackson, let everybody know where they can find you.
0: First off, Nick backpedaling on his words from earlier—I love it. Um, you can check me out at JT Gatlin on Twitter, and of course at Locked On Rockets to keep up to date with everything Clutch City. Uh, it's been quite a skid over in Houston, <laughs> now losing 13 games in a row. But hey, look—you know a skid what mark. If H- I th- can interject on that, huh? <laughs> a skid. Hey, well, you know what? This this uh this skid mark down in H Town is going to lead to uh, the. <laughs> Gotta wait to derail the end of the show, Nick.
1: <laughs> Anyways. I love this. We should. <laughs> skin skinmark and H shout is the greatest name.
0: Oh, no. I hate it. I'm never going to hear the end of that. But. That was excellent. Well, you set me up for failure on that one. But anyways, if you want to check out what's going on (laughs) with the Houston Rockets and everything to do with Clutch City, be sure to check out Locked on Rockets. I've got you covered for all the news, speculation, and analysis. So, again, you can follow me on Twitter, at jt Gatlin as well as at Locked on Rockets.
1: For everything NBA, thanks for subscribing to the Locked on NBA podcast. For the Dallas Mavericks and the H-Town, the Skidmark and H-Town, follow Jackson Gatlin. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on NBA. Peace out. Boom.